everyone, welcome back to another episode of Digital Dialogue. I'm Caitlin. And I'm Scott. So in this week's episode, we're going to continue to take you through the website development process by sitting down with one of our back-end developers. His name's Stan, and he'll be sitting down with us in the second portion of this episode. To begin, though, we want to share two social media news stories. Uh, the first one that I found was actually on social media today, and it was talking about how Instagram's testing a new donation sticker in their stories. I like it. Mm-hmm. So Facebook and Instagram, they've been, you know, really being able to, you know, create a lot of opportunities for donations. Um, there's a study that up to $1 billion have been, yeah, generated for nonprofits. Wow. So this sticker will be found amongst all the other stickers on Instagram stories, and you'll be able to tap to donate to the charity of the story's choice. Absolutely. That's awesome. That yeah. kind of reminds me of something like GoFundMe has mm-hmm. set up, but I think Facebook and Instagram can kind of take it to that next level Absolutely. with their social yeah. donations. And it's just a great way to have um, interaction yeah. and engagement. This is just testing right now, so it's not out for everyone. So you can continue using the swipe up feature, which will link you to whatever Perfect. nonprofit website you're using. Awesome. Well, along those same lines, from our marketingland.com, I had uh, Instagram advertisers staying loyal, and they're obviously seeing results. Um, the app saw a 120% increase in ad spend year over year during fourth quarter 2018, and was up 43% over Q3 results. And in my opinion, I think 2019 is even more promising when it Absolutely. comes to social ads because we're always seeing the tip of the iceberg when it comes to social media ads and Instagram, as, uh, as always, is on top of it. website developer Stan. Um, he's going to take us through the back-end process of developing a website. So thank you for taking the time to sit with us. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thanks Dan. So um, I guess starting off, how did you start working in back-end development? Oh yeah. Back-end, I think after, after I got my degree in college, but back-end was like, I always have, I was always fascinated with technology, so I always felt like back-end was, was something I was going to be good in. So yeah, so after after college, I decided to to start my programming skills with backend because I, I I just thought backend was like where I could actually connect with designer, connect with with every part of the technology. Yeah, that's cool too because that's kind of what we're focusing on. How there's different parts of the development process. Yeah. So I guess, I don't know if this is like in the starter career or later on, but what's one of the largest websites that you've worked on, specifically oh. like that you coded? Yeah, um, so for Yelimu, like uh, one of the largest projects and interesting project was WizDefy. So uh, so the project was more about like, uh, it's more was like integrating uh, Lendash, which is like a school management system where users can buy cars, take cars, take quizzes, get certificate. So like so it, it was like a, a project I, I, I work on it. I had to customize a lot of plugins. Yeah. Check everything, make sure like everything was alright with taking the quiz, the certificate. And yeah, so that that was one of the most interesting projects and which I actually worked on. That's awesome. And how time consuming is that for you? Uh I think the, the project was almost like the project was almost like almost like almost like a month. Okay. Yeah, it was almost like a month because um, 
one just put all the back end pieces together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a bit of a process. Um, and so what favorite programming language do you Oh, my, my favorite programming language is PHP. Like, and I prefer PHP because PHP is, is easy and it's, it's an open source and it's free. So, and there's a lot of documentation out there. Like, anybody can easily start learning PHP. So, and there's a lot of support out there. Like, if you're writing a logic and you get stuck, it's easy to just Google and find, like, a guide online that's going to help you out. And, and also PHP, like, 30% of, 30, more than 30% of, of the web is being powered by PHP. So, that tells you how powerful PHP is. Yeah, absolutely. Now, with, with PHP, uh, what makes it run, like, efficiently code in general? What makes it run well for you? Like, yeah, what, 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 what makes, it, makes it efficient is, is more about, like, the, the reliability and the speed. And the speed. And also um, to be able to uh, set in errors and errors hand- handling at every part of the software project. And also, just to avoid, just to avoid using repeated code, just make sure always using like reusable component whenever you have the chance. And then also making sure like you use the best keyword, the data type, and data type for for every part of the software project. And also making use of of like of the storage of optimal storage. So. That's one of the parts that PHP strives for, and and makes it and makes it to be able to use in any type of application. That's really helpful. So lastly, Stan, um, the W3C, which is the Worldwide Consortium, is an international community that focuses on developing and standardizing the web. So you probably know about that as a web developer. And enforcing these standards ensures that web content is accessible in all browsers. Yeah. And we've talked about that before, how some people might use Chrome, some people might use Firefox yeah. or Internet Explorer. So why is that important to uh, be W3C compliant when you're uh, coding? Yeah, like um, one of the first thing there is, it also like, for example, and like it helps dis- disabled people because like, uh, there are people who are actually disabled, so they, they use other software to be able to browse the internet. So you're making your website and WC compliant, you help those people who need other technology to be able to browse. That's awesome. Yeah, and then, then when it comes to search engine optimization, so when you, when you make your website compliant, it, it, makes, it makes it easy for like, the search engine, first of all, the search engine, it gives a trust mm-hmm. for the search engine. And then, and then another part, it makes it like, when the search engine scrolls, like when Google Spider scrolls through mm-hmm. your pages, it's easy for it to like in, index your pages and, 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 and make it easy to go through the text and, and know what is exactly on each of the web pages. I understand. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So... Mm, that's one of the, of, of the path. And also, it, it, like, it, it makes it easy for us to be able to have a standard, a, a, a standard, something that is standard for, for the entire world. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And it'll run well on mobile and every yeah, and other uh, yeah, so it, it makes Yeah, it makes it easy for it to run on any, any device 
any browsers because like somebody in 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 China did they have different browsers? Yeah. Did they have different browsers? Exactly. People in different countries they have different browsers, but just us having that compliance it makes things to be able to run in any browser. A level playing field, yeah. Create a level ground for everybody mm -hmm. in any part of the world. Awesome. Well, great, Stan. I appreciate you sitting down with us, and uh, yeah, thank you. You were awesome. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Stan. Yeah.